thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 the Bible says this go therefore and make disciples of all the nations everybody say nations the word nations in the Greek means ethnic groups so we should be blended the church shouldn't be one way it ought to be multi-dimensional okay baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit God I pray that you help me today to teach our people something that they can grab a hold of I pray for every person here that is under the sound of my voice was watching online God I pray that you would do something precious this morning and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus and the people said amen well today is baptism Sunday and a lot of y'all are getting ready to get baptized and so I'm not man alive all right wow come on now and uh, so glad, glad about it. We're excited about it. But I want to give you some teaching before because I really felt like there might be some other people in the room that may want to get baptized as well by the end of service. But we're baptizing, Brother Carr, 20 people today. That's like the most in years. And uh, LifeGate is growing. We are growing as a community. Uh, we just have to have this building to start growing. Amen. <laughs> so somebody asked me, when are we going to start the construction as soon as we pack out two services? One down, one on the way, okay? And so that means we need you to sign up to serve. If you're not serving or volunteering, we need your help because that's why we haven't gone to two services yet. We need, we need help with kids ministry and we'd help, we need help with ushering. So if you can usher or you can work in kids ministry, now not everybody's called to work in kids ministry, let me just tell you. Daylin, you're so funny. If you're called to work in kids' ministry, please make sure you see Chop and Brittany right after church today because we need your help, okay? And if you can play the drums, the piano, the bass play, the bass, or guitar, or you can sing, this team would sure like to only minister in one service. Y'all should have said amen or something. Hit the cymbal, Chris. It would be really nice to have two teams so they ain't, they're not working for seven hours on Sunday, okay? Just text the word serve. That's pretty good. Okay, sacraments. What's a sacrament? A sacrament, do we have enough chairs? Okay, we good? Okay, I just want to double check. Y'all look at all the people in this room. This is incredible. Okay. We didn't have this many people on Easter. What? <laughs> Sacraments are a sacred thing that we as born-again believers that we do. They are an outward practice of an inward conviction. So a sacrament is something that we deem sacred on the inside, but yet we practice it on the outside. Now, if you don't know what a sacrament means, I encourage you uh, to not partake in them. Do not partake in them if they don't mean anything to you. The power of a sacrament alone uh, is, means nothing until you mix it with faith and revelation. So there's revelation behind the sacraments in the Bible. And today we're going to celebrate the sacrament of baptism. 
Now, this word baptize, I know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of different thoughts in the room. There's a lot of different denominations in the room, probably a lot of different school of thoughts. Maybe, maybe we have some lefts in the room or some rights in the room, some donkeys or some elephants, or maybe we have some tongue talkers or some Baptists in the room or some Presbyterians or Episcopalians. But when it comes to the word of God, you can't argue what the word says. Can you say amen? It's okay. You can say amen at church. You're not going to hurt me. Uh, the word baptize, if you go look it up in its original context, is from a Greek word, baptizo, which means a total submersion in. It means to bathe, like taking a bath, to be completely dunked in the water, and to be immersed or washed in, to be completely dunked. It does not mean a little, it does not mean a little sprinkle. It's not in the Bible. There's no place in scripture in any denomination where you find that in the Bible. Everyone say the sprinkle is not in the Bible. So the cross then, the cross that we see on this wall is Jesus's public offer of salvation. Baptism then is our public acknowledgement of that offer. Baptism is saying, I am acknowledging this offer of salvation to the entire world. Let the whole world know that I am in you and you are in me. Baptism testifies that you have given your life 100% to Jesus Christ. You know, when I go to, when I go to swimming pools about once a year, I don't really like to swim, but on vacations we'll go to a swimming pool. And I'm always amazed at the people that show up at a swimming pool. You know, you got, you got, the, you got the swimming pool divas. You know, don't get my hair wet. Don't get my makeup wet. I'm just laying in the sun. And that same person will scream at kids if they splash and get the water on them, right? Some of y'all in the room, you do that, right? Well, that's like a religious person coming to church. They just want the little sprinkle. But when you live for Jesus and get baptized, that's saying you're going to the deep end, getting on the diving board, and jumping headlong into the water. That's what baptism is. It's an outward expression of I'm 100% all in, not perfection. Come on in here. You can't be perfect. You're never going to do it right all the time. You're going to miss some T's, and you're not going to dot every I. But it's all about selling out and surrendering to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Not a religion, not a church name, not baptism. Baptist theology, Pentecost theology, Catholic theology. Uh, it's, about to, it's about surrendering to the one of the theology, God himself. It's getting 100% submerged in. See, bap, bap, baptizing, it, it communicates, I'm not just going to get my ankle wet. I'm not just going to get my waist in. I'm going to go completely submerged in. I'm not going halfway, Jesus. I'm not just going to serve you on Sunday morning, Jesus. I'm not going to be a creaster Christian, only serving you on Christmas and Easter. I know you want all of me, so I'm going to get all the way in. Somebody say baptism. So who should get baptized then? Well, we don't baptize babies. There's no... Bible that you can find any scripture where they baptize babies. Because how can a baby say, I accept Jesus when they don't even know about Jesus yet? Baptism is a religious ritual people do that don't have any Bible to ease their conscience that their kid's going to be okay. But it's not biblical. 
It's man-made religion. Who should get baptized then? Only those who have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number two, only those who have repented of their sin and are now following Jesus. And number three, only those who understand the deep revelation and significance of what baptism means. So today, I'm going to preach really fast. Today, I'm going to give you five things about baptism that every person in this room needs to know. Because some of y'all might need to get rebaptized because you got baptized as a little kid and it meant nothing you should probably get rebaptized number one baptism is not a magic show it's not like you're reading a horoscope or you're trying to line the stars oh and by the way i'm gonna get baptized too it's not it's not david blaine hocus pocus magic just because you get baptized in water doesn't mean you're going to heaven it's a sacrament it's an outward expression of an internal conviction. So there's all kinds of sacraments that we as a church that we participate in. We participate, a lot of us do, in Ash Wednesday. Well, what is Ash Wednesday? I don't know. Just some guy puts ashes on my head. Well, what's it mean to you? Ash Wednesday is historically celebrated 40 days before Easter where they would burn palm leaves and they would take the ashes of those palm leaves and put it on people's heads. It was symbolic that I should be dead of my sin, but I'm giving God a praise and letting the world know that I'm forgiven. That's what it means. It means even though I was born a sinner, even though I have sinned, I have this revelation that God has been good to me and he has forgiven me. So I'm going to praise him with the burnt palm leaves that through all this year, God has brought me through and he has forgiven every sin known and unknown and I want the world to know I'm forgiven so if you haven't asked God to forgive you probably shouldn't partake in on Ash Wednesday here's another here's another sacrament ordination you know you can get online and get your ordination papers to preach the gospel you can go to 1-800-ordainyourself.com and get a piece of paper printed out that legally allows you to marry and bury. You know you can do that? But that's not biblical. It's not biblical at all. Ordination is a sacred thing to us as Christians. It's a weighty thing to us as Christians. And if you read the book of Acts, there is qualifications for people to be ordained. Number one, church leaders have to get together and they got to pray. They have to fast, and then they have to recognize the call on your life. And then Acts 13 and verse 3 says, you have to have hands placed on you by ordained leaders above you. So, so the biblical order then is this. It's God calls you first, Acts 20 verse 28. Then the church leaders of the church recognize you, and then the church leaders send you off, and then you go through the sent ones, and you do the work of God. So it's holy to us. Come on in here. It's sacred to us. And most people looking for a microphone ain't called. It's baptism, son. Let me move on. Number three. I want a medal, but I'm not going to. Number three. Discipline. Okay. The third thing that we, that we and I'm going to be talking more about this next week because I'm starting a brand new series Wednesday night that's going to carry over into Sunday. It's called Hot Topics. So next, next Sunday, I'm going to tackle gender confusion. You want to be here for that. The third thing that's sacred to us as Christians is marriage. I don't care what the culture is saying. It's sacred to us. 
I don't care what schools are trying to indoctrinate our kids with. It's sacred to us. And Jesus defined this in Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 8. It's the only definition of marriage in the Bible. It's the only type of marriage in the Bible that's blessed by God. And it is between a biological man and a biological woman that's sacred to us. It's a sacrament. For somebody to get married that's not a follower of Jesus, it would be the same thing as for them to get baptized and they're not a follower of Jesus. It's a ritual to them. It doesn't have the same weight as it does to us. Stand up, Birdo. Oh, you, no, your wife's not in here. I need a husband wife. Oh, there we go. Stand, stand up. Stand up, Matthew. You go over there. You go over here. This is, this is a sacred wedding to the Lord. Matthew represents the Lord. He's the groomsman. Samantha represents the, 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 the bride, which is the church. A sacred marriage is a picture of your relationship with God. Come on in here. It's a woman coming to a man together at a holy matrimony. Come on. You. Now, don't kiss the bride yet. Look away. Jesus is coming for his bride. If you've not been paying attention to the news and we need to pray for Israel, we are living in the last of the last days right now. What's happening is Israel is in Israel is biblical prophecy being unfolded right before our eyes. Jesus is coming to get his church. Jesus is coming for the wedding supper of the Lamb. Jesus is coming to take his church out of this world to be with him forever. Come on in here. It, we, we, are, we are in the last of the last day. This represents a marriage. A man coming to a woman. I saw this video clip the other day. I wish I could show it today. It was, they were showing the difference between American women and foreign women. And where'd y'all go? Just like a lot of Christians wanting to quit on, on us. And, and the, the, the American woman was, they were standing before the preacher. I don't know if y'all saw this. And, and the preacher said, repeat after me. She began to repeat. He goes, I promise to honor, respect, and obey. Stop. She said, What? And then they showed a clip of a foreign marriage. And the wife was on her knees before the husband holding his hands and said, I, I promise to honor you as the man of our house. I promise to honor you with, the, with my purity as a woman of God before you. I promise to follow your leadership as you follow Jesus. That's the symbolism of marriage. It's us being before the Lord and looking up to him saying, I'm in covenant with you. There's no such thing as divorce when you're in a relationship with God. There's no such thing as backpedaling and quitting and running the other way. Sure, we're going to struggle. Sure, we're going to make mistakes. Sure, we're going to sin. But it's a heart condition that says, I am in covenant with you and you are in covenant with me. Then you, you may kiss the bride. Just kidding. You, you. See, that's a sacrament to us. It's holy to us. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to, re, they're trying to rework the church in today's culture. 
to where preachers can go to jail if they don't marry same-sex marriages. Well, take me to jail. I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. I don't want to go to jail, but I don't want to, I don't want to miss my life pleasing the Father either. I'm going to please him. Here's another one, anointing with oil. Where's that oil at, baby doll? Do we? Is it downstairs? It's in my Jeep. That's the problem most churches. They don't have any oil. The oil in your Bible has no power in it. I don't, sh I don't show up at my mechanics and say, can you change my oil? And as the oil is coming out, I don't just fall out on the floor under the power of God. Thank you, sweetheart. Who brought that? Melissa got the oil. Praise God. God has somebody in church got some oil. My God. James chapter 5 verse 14 says this. If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with, somebody say, oil. Now what you have to understand during this time and period in the world, oil was used as a cologne because when you would walk into a house where somebody's been sitting in bed out in the heat of the desert in the Middle East somewhere, uh, they stunk. Don't look at your neighbor and say anything. <laughs> and so they would anoint them because that, that fragrance filled the air in the room to make the room smell better so they could be tolerated to pray for them. That's a true story. But it also represents the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Right? Come on in here. Yeah. That when we pray, we ought to believe a supernatural encounter takes place through the Holy Ghost. So this represents the oil. There's no power in this little bottle if there's no revelation in your heart. Uh-huh. Here's another one. Baby dedication. Sacraments, baby dedication. So we see this through Hannah, who had a son named Samuel. She took an offering and went to her priest, took Samuel with her, and this is what she said in chapter 1 and verse 27 of 1 Samuel. I prayed for this child because she was barren, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him back to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and, he, and she worshiped the Lord there. Now, this does not mean when you dedicate your child that your child's going to serve God. Child dedication really is a sacrament for the parent. A lot of kids won't serve God because they see how parents act Monday through Saturday. Hello, church. How y'all doing today? I know we live. How y'all doing today? Y'all doing good? But a lot of kids won't serve Jesus because their parents act like a fool Monday through Saturday. There's no difference in them other than when they clap their hands at church on Sunday. And God is calling us as parents to live a life daily where we're dedicating our kids daily by how we live in front of them daily. Our kids ought to hear us pray, parents. Our kids ought to see us reading the Bible, parents. Our kids ought to hear spiritual conversations about what God is speaking to you. Well, that's what the kids and youth ministry is for. No, that's what your ministry is for. Your greatest ministry is not in LifeGate Church. Your greatest ministry is in your own house. Come on and say amen. All right, here's another one. 
the, the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or communion. Luke 22 says this, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. There's no magic in it. There's no power in the cup. There's no power in the bread. It's, we don't believe it's the actual blood of Jesus. We don't believe it's the actual body of Christ. We believe it's a sacrament. We believe, we believe it means something in here. That when we partake of that bread and we partake of that juice, we are, mem- we are remembering the covenant that God made with us when he beat his son to a bloody pulp and where the blood flowed and his flesh hung off of his bread, his body, like bloody ribbons so you and I could one day enter a paradise. He did it through his love. So when we partake, we partake and we repent of sin. We partake and we confess ungodly sin. We partake and we say, God, please fix this relationship. We partake and we say, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Come on in here. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? So when you partake, you're remembering every whip that he received. Oh, every punch in his face, the crown of nails, thorns in his head, and the nails piercing his body. We remember. As often as you do that, do this remember. So th- these are not magic pills. They're sacraments. They're deemed holy in practice to us. They're set apart. They mean something to us. But there's no hocus pocus to them. They are powerful. They are godly. You see, the access to heaven is not found in the water, but in the blood. None of these sacraments mean anything unless they mean everything. Second thing about baptism you need to know, it's your outward testimony. Getting baptized in water is your outward declaration to the world. It's going public. When, they, when your friends see your picture on Facebook, don't let the next thing on, they see on Facebook be some, some inappropriate, you out at a club drinking a Budweiser. You know, we send to, see the problem isn't the world going corrupt. The problem is the church being weak. And we, 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 gotta, we gotta come out. We, got, we have to be free of the junk that's on our life. Come on in here. Baptism represents you getting clean it's not hocus pocus it's your outward testimony that you went down in the water but you came back up clean you went down in the bath and you got all that junk off of you but you came up and now you're living for Jesus (laughs) baptism screams I have repented of my sin now what's what's repentance because a lot of people say well I repented I, I said sorry that's not repentance repentance has nothing to do with what you say Repentance has everything to do with what you do. You can't abandon your children and say you've repented. You can't be a jerk to your wife and say you've repented. You can't be a manipulator and say you've repented. You can't be a wine bibber and say you've repented. Come on, somebody. You can't have a swipe left or right on your phone and say you've repented. You can't be smoking the devil's lettuce and say you've repented. Repentance has nothing to do with confession. That's asking forgiveness for what you've done. Repentance is doing a 180 and walking the other way. That's what repentance is. Repentance is saying no to the world and yes to the word. 
Pastor, that's difficult. I know it's difficult at times. But what, what, why would you want to gain the whole world and lose your soul? It's a fool who builds his life on the teachings, cultures, and customs of the world because the storm's coming. And when it does, your house is going to crumble. But it's a wise man who builds his house on the teaching of the word. How do we get to know the heart of the Father? You got to read the Bible. I've been, I've been on the, the youth's Instagram account and I've been going on, on sending these videos on there. We're going over the whole Sermon on the Mount with the kids. I'm breaking it down into sections and explaining that to them. Maybe you should jump on there too and, and take a view at it because it might bless your life, might help you. And, but, but repentance is following Jesus, not following self. Repentance is, is, is not perfection. Perfect people, listen, if you're perfect, please don't apply. Our, our, somebody said, Pastor, our church is pretty perfect. I said, no, it's not because we're here. I'm looking for that perfect church. When you get there, you're going to ruin it. I just want to go to a church where they're not going to hurt me. Well, if you go there, you're going to ruin it. It's not perfection. But it's living a life that exemplifies I'm a follower of Jesus. So baptism testifies to the world. I got to hurry up. Point number three, the third thing about baptism is it's not a get out of hell free card. Just because you get baptized don't mean you're going to heaven. I was preaching the gospel one day out in the street somewhere and I was trying to minister to this guy to Christ. He goes, I'm already saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I said, how do you know? He literally out of his wallet pulled out a baptism card the day he got baptized like 20 years ago. He said, see, I'm going to heaven. I said, but yeah, you see, but Ephesians doesn't say that. Ephesians chapter number two, verse eight through nine says this, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by your works, not by your baptisms, not by your works, not by your church attendance, not by your works, not by how loud you clap your hands or shout in church. It's not by your works because it's not up to you so you can't boast in your own salvation. It comes freely only from the heartbeat of God. Grace is what saved you, not water. Grace is what saves you, not your church attendance. Well, pastor, I got perfect attendance as your and. So do demons. Church attendance won't save you. Your praying grandma won't save you. Giving money to the poor is not going to get you into heaven. You could be the biggest giver at LifeGate Church. It's not going to give you to heaven. The sacraments alone will not get you to heaven. Being best friends with the first lady won't get you to heaven. You have to go through the atoning work of Jesus. Religion teaches you this. Works get you to heaven. But the Bible teaches you this. The cross gets you to heaven. Come on. Number four, baptism identifies you with the resurrection. The Bible said in Colossians 2.12, having been buried, buried under the water with him in baptism. Some people have to hold down there a little bit longer. <laughs> Shake all that dirt off them. And raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. As you go down, you're telling the world, I'm testifying that I believe Jesus came down to the earth and was, was 
died on a cross and he went down into the earth in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. But I'm also testifying to the earth. Unlike all these other false gods, Jesus is the only one with an empty tomb. At the temple of the tooth where Buddha lies, his remains are there. Come on, I could take you to Confucius Temple, but his remains are still there. I could take you to Joseph Smith's uh, 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 gravesite. You could go to Memphis, and there lies Elvis Presley. I was there two years ago. But when you go to Jerusalem, and you go to the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, you can stand in front of the gate where the stone is rolled away, and that tomb is empty. Why? Because you're testifying you believe that he's alive. He's alive. He's alive and lives forevermore. Jesus is alive. Come on in here, put your hands together if you're thankful for the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Point number five. Fifth thing about baptism you really need to know. Baptism is an outward testimony that you've been washed internally. We all came to church today and I promise you, 99.9% .9 of us have something we should probably have a conversation with Jesus about. You say, not me, pastor. Well, that's called pride. And you should have a conversation with him about your pride. Amen? All the pride people said amen. Uh, that was a setup, sorry. Okay. Bapt baptism is me testifying about what took place in my soul. I remember, I remember my testimony is, it was 1995, and my, my mom, who is here on the front row today, I, I would tell her to stand up, but she's so little, you still couldn't see her. And I was not living for the Lord. I was full of sin. My mom's here, so I won't, I won't, I won't get into all that. And I was getting drunk probably about three to four times a week. I was a mess. I was, ba I was bound in sin, depressed. Knew that, I, knew that I wanted God, but felt like I was too dirty to get God. You know how we do with our own, we reason in our own head like, like it's something we have to do. And my mom, she had, we had a cassette player. I know all the Gen Zers don't know what that is. A cassette player is a tape that you could put music on. 120 minutes, y'all remember? DLB, I think it was, or DBL, whatever. What's that called? Dolby, thank you. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. Great haircut, by the way. Um, she had taken a song. I don't know if y'all know who Carmen is. I'm dating myself straight up. Carmen. Carmen was like the Michael Jackson of Christian music, what? And he wrote this song. Uh, uh, it was called Fear Not My Child. I had just come out of a season where I found out my dad committed suicide and I was trying to feel that brokenness and that pain and that hurt uh, with everything else but God. And, and my mom, she, she uh, took that tape of Carmen. She put, back then you had two cassette tapes, one to play and then you could have another one to record. So my mom, she sat there, I don't know how long she did it for, but it was like, it was like both sides, one song, Fear Not My Child. And I came into the apartment that day, and I was, I was angry at God. I was, how could you let my dad do this? That was my whole thing. I was angry. I was bound in sin and brokenhearted. I felt like, how could you let all these things happen in my life? 
I was molested as a kid. I was exposed to things that, that, that I shouldn't have been. I was drunk out of my mind in fifth grade. I always had a problem with that. And, and here I am. Now I'm a mess. Well, how, how could you let all these things happen with me? And I felt something enter the room that day that I ain't felt but only one other time. And it was the presence of the Lord. And Berto, I laid on that floor. I kid you not. It had to be like an hour and a half. And I cried out to the Lord, Elder Marvy, and there was a snot puddle. I don't know if you've ever been there before. There was a snot puddle on, on the floor where God went inside of my heart and he cleaned me internally and set me free. Come on. And sometimes all of us older folks, we forget what the Lord did. We, we look back over our lives. I've been serving the Lord now 30 years wholeheartedly. Uh, not every second of the day, but, but it always came back to wholeheartedly. You, you know what I mean? Like, like I went through seasons, but I was like, that was a dumb season. Sorry, Lord, let's go. <laughs> you know. The water does externally to us what Jesus does to us internally. I love what Isaiah said. He said in chapter 1, verse 18, though your sins be like scarlet, that means everybody can see them. Some of y'all think you're hiding them, but everybody can see them. We see your Facebook. We see how you be talking and acting when somebody cuts you off on the road to church. You're like, mm, God bless you. It's not what you said. Though your sin be like scarlet, they'll be washed, 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 washed. Wash me, Jesus, as white as snow. Jesus is an incredible leader to us because I'm thankful that he had a way out for us. Because I don't know about you, but I strive to be like Jesus. And then I realize how much I'll never be. Anybody else? I strive to be this good guy in the kingdom. And then I realize, Lord, I'm flesh. And I'm not perfect. But thank you for giving us a way to be cleaned again. And listen, you may be here today, you may be bound with addiction, you may be bound with, with hate and anger towards something that happened to you as a kid. You might be bound with, with things in your life. You might be mad at yourself. I know that we have, we have people in our church that have testified to me how angry they were at themselves because they had an abortion. And so they beat themselves up every single day. And we had to walk through those things and pray through those things because that's not the will of God for you to live in a place of condemnation and shame. We can't do anything about yesterday. All we can do is fix us now through the blood of Jesus so we can move into our tomorrow. Come on. But pastor, I've been divorced. Well, that was in your yesterday. Well, pastor, I went, I've been to prison. Well, that's, that was in your yesterday. But pastor, I did a whole lot of drugs. That was in your yesterday. But pastor, I was abusive. That was in your yesterday. But pastor, I was addicted in a mess. But that was in your yesterday. All we can now do is let Jesus forgive us. All we can do now is walk toward God. All we can do now is leave our yesterday, repent, and turn to Jesus. If you're ready to do that, I dare you to stand up on your feet and say yes to Jesus in this moment, right here, right now. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Many of you in this room, many of you in this room, you're away from God. You're not serving the Lord. 
And I want you to know today, all it takes is a heart posture. You know, we do things at church like raise your hand if you want to go to heaven. Come to the altar if you want to go to heaven. But do you know that as soon as your internal says yes, your heart's already aimed in his direction? Isn't that, isn't that incredible? As soon as you say, yeah, you're talking to me inside, you're like, I'm, some of you too, you're like, man, he's straight talking to me. You know, I just smoking the devil's lettuce two days ago. What? He's talking right to me. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. You know why? He loves you beyond you. I'm so thankful he loves me beyond me. I don't know about you, but there's days I'm like, how could you love me? I, I was in the car with my father-in-law and we were driving uh, a, a, on a road trip the other day. And I said, I'm just, I woke up thinking, I'm just dumbfounded. He's like, what are you dumbfounded about, son? I said, how much the Lord loves me. Why would he love me? Why would he care about us? Pastor, how do we know he loves us? He already showed you. All right, now let me ask you a question. I'm gonna have my hand raised because I was preaching the choir too. How many in this room can say, Pastor, you was talking to me? Just be honest, come on. Everybody look around. Hey, look around. That's a lot of us, right? My goodness, okay. I want us all to pray together. So I want you to just bow your heads for a minute, close your eyes. I want you to look at your own heart for a minute. Because so many of us in this room, we, we need to ask the Lord for forgiveness and we need to dedicate our life to him. So I just want you to say this out of your mouth. Everybody in the room, say, Heavenly Father, I admit today, I got a lot of mess in my closet. Boy, my life is messy. But I'm so thankful today that you sent Jesus to die for my sin so that I could be forgiven. So today, you and I are going to have a conversation. And I need to ask you to forgive me for some things and live for you as you show me how. I believe that you sent Jesus that he died on a cross and he went to a grave but he raised three days later and he's coming back again. Come into my world, Jesus, and help me to surrender to you in the name of Jesus. And the people said amen and amen.